0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen, and with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card,
1: right this way.
0: It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
2: Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance, and you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to twenty-five percent by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at
3: AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family
4: Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
2: MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level.
7: Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for The Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd.
1: Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: Up, uh, Welcome in. This is The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be making this part of your day, thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb filling in for Colin Cowherd. Great third hour of the show for you. Rich Ornberger is going to join us. Former offensive lineman and a good one. Also host on Fox Sports Radio. We got news to update you on. And there's this. Um I realize that the MVP is not going to be Kawhi Leonard. Right? I realize that. Not going to be Kawhi Leonard. Because in order to be the MVP, you, you got to play, you know, most of the games. You got to dominate most of the games. Stats, though, they don't matter. And honestly, the MVP discussion in the NBA, I feel like, is somewhat a creation of ESPN. I just do. Not that we didn't discuss it before, but the whole season long, who's the MVP, you know? That's because they in their new TV package, they have so many NBA games that you got to give me some reason to watch. MVP candidate, James Harden, teaming up with former MVP, you know, MVP, James Harden, with MVP, Russell Westbrook, going up against MVP, right? Like, it's like, yeah. I get it. you want me to watch. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So Giannis is probably the MVP. I would have given it to LeBron James. I think that's a very responsible way of looking at it because if you're LeBron, you know, if you're LeBron, you you sit there and go, hey, man, I turned around this entire franchise. Our team became great defensively. My stats are great. But more than anything, we have more wins than anybody in the West. And by the end of the season before it was postponed, they were beating the Clippers and the Bucks in the same week. Those are the two MVP candidates. But the guy who's the best player in the league is Kawhi Leonard. He plays both ends. LeBron can't play as well defensively as he used to. He's not able to get where he wants to get as often or as easily. He doesn't make—it's it's a little bit harder for him. He just is. Look, man, when you're 35 years old and you're going up against dudes that are in their 20s, it's going to be a little bit harder for you. He's still a monster. Still a tremendous player. I thought he was dethroned as the best player in the league by Kevin Durant during the two previous NBA finals when they went against each other. Kawhi Leonard was the best player in the finals. I, I don't know. We didn't see Kevin Durant against him enough to really determine. And Kawhi's been a two-time finals MVP. But... I watched Kawhi play yesterday. I'm like, man, that's the best player on earth right now. Both ends. Post, can handle, can pass, can rebound, can shoot. He's the best player. But what if that's a bad thing? What if it's a bad thing? Like, the NBA is about personalities. The personalities of superstars. And Kawhi Leonard, I'm sure... In the bubble, deep, deep, deep in the bubble. He's a maybe he has a huge personality. And and I don't mind that he he's not one of these guys that had anything put on the back of his jerseys. He's not about he's not about social justice in terms of outwardly being grabbed the microphone and protest things, even though I'm sure as a black man these things are near and dear to his heart, just doesn't have to be flamboyant with it. That's not his style. But it's hard to be the face of the league if that's not your style, if you're not an out-in-front guy. Just isn't. Like, he's tremendous. He does, and I don't think there's anything wrong with New Balance's campaign for him, but it's still New Balance. It's hard to be cool and wear New Balance. Promote New Balance. It, It doesn't affect your game. You can still be the best player. But I want you to think about these factors working against the NBA. Right. In a week and a half, you're no longer the biggest show on earth. Right Right now, baseball has clearly taken a backseat to basketball. And I love, I'm a hoop head. I watch all these games. I have the games going on. They start playing. I'm watching them all day. It's amazing. But I'm also realistic that once Thursday night hits and it's Chiefs and, um, and Texans, If you're leading and talking about basketball instead of football, you're digging your own grave as a sports host. It's just not as important. Even if they're playing for a championship. I know it's counterintuitive, but they're getting ready to go up against football. That's not going to end well. I don't think that all of their emotions are in check, and many of it through no fault of their own. Like, look, dude, if you're at a hotel for two months straight, you're gonna go a little cuckoo for your cocoa buffs too. No matter how nice the co- no, no matter how nice the uh, the hotel is, and you can sit here and tell people, "Hey, you know, you were at home for three months. What's the big deal being gone for two or three months?" Yeah. Well, when that's not what you're used to, granted, first world problems, beautiful resort, everything taken care of, it it still still can lead to your mental. So you're not. You're not necessarily acting and behaving with the same type of joy and fun. We talked about this earlier in the show. Jamal Murray has 50 last night. He didn't really crack a smile. I, I understand when you watch the video of Kenosha, Wisconsin, you're like, that was disturbing. That is heart wrenching. And you start to learn some of the different details to it, and you have your own questions, like, and you can be passionate about social justice and police reform and the election, all these things. But sports was designed to kind of take us away emotionally, emotionally. And if you want to know that, yes, it's lacking a crowd. But the big thing that the bubble seems to be lacking is fun. Fun. So the NBA has become a little less fun of a league a little too serious or taking on and they're taking on serious topics. Does time demand that they have to, I guess, but once you start playing, it can just be about playing and about enjoying yourself about competing. Cause Jamal Murray at the end of the game actually kind of tried to let us in like, Hey, I just played to win. And, but then he got into the mode of social justice warrior and it became about more than basketball, which is a cool saying and is a fa- it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how much it changes at all, if anything, in society. But, dude, not one mention of, like, that was awesome. That was so much fun. Every time, it was basically like NBA. You know, NBA, ever played NBA Jam? You know when the guy gets on fire? He's on fire. And no matter what shot you throw up, it goes in. That was Jamal Murray last night. So you have Kawhi Leonard as your best player. He's boring as sin. You have dudes having historic nights and they won't crack a smile because they're so serious with all the things happening in the world. And and because of their stances, there's a certain divisiveness in the us and them kind of camp. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say I, in any way, agree with the mistreatment of any... American citizen or really any human being. But I also will tell you, like, there's big discussions to have about politics and most every opinion that doesn't violate somebody else's rights should be welcome. That's the way this thing works. But when you bring politics into sports, it can be it, it can turn off a lot of people. And I want you to look back. When Jordan left the league really for good, I know he came back with the Wizards. You know, whether it was the gear guys were wearing or the approach guys had. But the, the reason David Stern put in the dress code was that was it wasn't as relatable to the average fan. As it needed to be, the NBA was the most popular sport in America, and then it got passed by baseball and football. And of course, now I, I believe it's more popular than the baseball. But what led to it? You had a superstar who was boring and Tim Duncan and a, and a team that didn't want to, was in a, a city that wasn't a popular city and a franchise that didn't want to play ball in terms of enjoy you know enjoying the, the, the limelight at all. Kobe went through kind of his I want to be a hip-hop star sort of, he started to take over the league a little bit as well. You had a little bit of divisiveness just in the, the desire to the desire to be almost progressive in terms of music and dress and whatever, this is coming off of Jordan, who's wearing a suit and tie everywhere he goes. I'm not telling you it turns me off. I don't care. I like to watch basketball, and those guys are great. You know, like, I watch them play, and they're so much better than I could ever hope to have been. Right, Like, I'm sitting there next to my son watching NBA players, and my dad's like, My son's sitting there going like, man, you almost played in the NBA. And I think to myself, like, I think I was a little bit further off than I thought, than I previously thought I was. Because these guys are amazing. Amazing. But that, I'm not the average fan. I'm not the average consumer. We seem to be walking down the same path of what happened previously. And in a week and a half, I think there's a chance for a reckoning. NFL football starts. Versus NBA basketball. If you have one TV, you're going to watch Chiefs and Texans, even though it's only week one, and there'll be 20,000 fans in the the stands? Or are you going to watch Rockets-Lakers game four? Ask yourself. Ask yourself. Kind of interesting, right? That's what we do. So, look, I love Kawhi. I thought he proved to be the... um, <clears throat> um, I-, I thought he proved to be the best player in the NBA yesterday. He continues to, to rise his level in elimination games. Just, I'm going to win this game. And I don't mind that he's not flamboyant, but I don't know if you get the same buy-in from the American sports fan considering all the factors at play. All right, coming up next, former offensive lineman Rich Ornberg joined-
2: Anyone can win. Relationships matter. And only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion.
0: Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
9: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
3: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a show. Where will Leonard Fournette end up? And, and can culture actually win games in the NFL? Or is it you got to have players? Because it feels like several NFL teams are going, hey, culture above talent. Character above talent. We'll get that next in The Herd.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
7: Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in.
1: If I could be you. And you could be me
3: for just one hour. If you could find a way to I'm going to give something away here that I don't, we don't normally give it away. For our best for last, and I'll explain why I came up for this best for last. I want to do the 10 best movies without happy endings. Make sense? 10 best movies without happy endings. So feel free to submit those at Gottlieb Show on both IG and on Twitter. At Gottlieb Show. Uh, the list is good. The list is strong. Order is always a very difficult one. There is a clear number one. Right? This is like the final college football poll. Now, there's a clear number one. We know who the number one is. Goulet, do you know who the number one is? Movie without a happy ending. It's one of the great movies of all time. Doesn't have a happy ending. No. Okay. What don't you think about it? All right. Rich Orenberger joins us. Of course, you can hear him on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends. He's a former offensive lineman. He's an NFL analyst and a good one. He, he joins us here in the herd. Doug Gottlieb filling in for Colin. What's your reaction to Leonard Fournette getting cut?
4: My reaction is the Jaguars are in full-on tank mode. And regardless of whether or not they're going to admit it, uh, they are. Uh, Leonard Fournette is coming off arguably his best season as a football player because he's playing at the highest level. And he averaged over four yards per rush. He had the most yards from scrimmage last year. Uh, as a career running back in the NFL, he averages exactly four yards per carry on average. So this is not surprising, considering Gardner Minshew is your starting quarterback and Mike Lennon is his backup. Um, you know, but, but it is an absolute confirmation that they are clearing house and they are looking forward to 2021, 2022, 2023, whenever this young team uh, can get back on the path to winning again.
3: Uh, I, I guess my, my question would be if Leonard Fournette – and he everything you said is accurate in terms of having a great year. He actually had 76 catches, which is – that's the mind-blowing thing because the knock on Leonard Fournette is he's a good running back, but that's all he does is get the ball and run the football. He actually caught it out of the backfield relatively well last year. But why wouldn't anybody trade for him, if if he's so good?
4: Well, running backs, especially this time of year, uh, unless we're talking about a Saquon Barkley. If you were, you know, completely displeased with the Giants and looking to force a trade, you know, this is a tough time of year. Unless there are a rash of injuries at the position, you're not going to get great value because, in the NFL, and and this has been true for a while now, it's it's not the most important position. It it really comes in somewhere closer to the 10th most important position on the field these days. I mean, you need to have a great quarterback. You need a great left tackle. You need a great pass rusher. You need a great receiver. You need a great cornerback. And the list goes on for a few more positions. And then you start talking about running back. So already it's a position in the NFL that has been devalued. I'm not going to argue against the value of a great running back. Look at Derek Henry, who absurdly carried the Tennessee Titans offense into the postseason. They beat the Patriots in the first round, uh, you know, so there, there are great running backs who you can sort of rest the franchise on their shoulders still in the league, but the value of the position has decreased and this isn't a great time of year to be shopping trades.
3: Rich Hornberg joining us uh, uh, in the herd. I'm Doug Gottlieb for me, offensive lineman Fox sports radio host and an NFL analyst and a really, really good one. Um, have you ever heard of what Yannick Ngakwe did? He's got one year left on his deal. He took $6 million less to get out of Jacksonville. Like, I've, I I, don't remember hearing that. It's actually, the last time I, I remember it being proposed was actually Kaepernick, his last year in San Francisco. He was set to make 14, and the Broncos said, like, hey, we'll take you, but we want you to only make seven. He balked at it. That was the end of that as a possibility. But I can't remember a, a player in, in Ngakwe's position as a... As a defensive end, taking less, taking this much less money.
4: Yeah, and the only thing I can think of, uh, you know, based on the move, is he wants to go join a team in an organization with a brighter future and an opportunity to really and truly prove himself. It's, it's sort of like, you know, short-term investment. You know, this is a career. It isn't just a collection of snapshots so i i'm assuming you know going to uh the vikings where clearly they're trying to build a winner uh felt like a better option and and also let's think about where this defense for jacksonville is 2017 in the super bowl and afc championship team uh game you know you, we look at the jaguars now and it's a it's a mess you know they've traded away some key pieces uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey, it's been a long time since he's been a part of Ju- Duval Nation, and that was really the first of many chips to fall following him. And so Ngakwe, I just think, really wanted out, and he's taking a short-term loss to potentially prove himself to the team who's aiming to be a winner. And, you know, that, that that next contract will be a big one if he can do that.
3: We are a week and a half away from NFL games being played, right? That it's With no preseason— limited scrimmages, what are your expectations? Like, you know, Kansas City, they, they did lose two guys, two starters who opted out. Damian Williams is their best, I thought their best player for most of the Super Bowl. I know Pat Mahomes obviously won the MVP. He loses starting offensive lineman. Like, what what can we expect from these teams where they haven't actually had a preseason game for the first time ever in, in recent memory?
4: Well, the interesting thing is, I've I've always said this, the preseason isn't essential because everybody's starting from the same platitude. If if we were talking about how, you know, there was a preseason and due to COVID-19, you know, team-wide outbreaks or something like that, half the league couldn't participate or couldn't completely uh, fulfill their, their preseason games, you know, then it would mean that half the league has a leg up on the other half. But in this situation, since the preseason was completely, you know, banned, you know, due to the concerns over COVID-19. We have everybody starting from the same platitude. This It's going to look potentially a little rustier than years past, but these are paid professionals and they've been practicing within the facilities uh, for a month at this point. So I look at it as we probably won't be able to see the difference from years past. Um, the only place where you may see a slight difference is younger players trying to get early action in the league rookies second year players where the preseason can dramatically advance uh, their opportunities depending on play we may see less of that we may see a, a heavier reliance on veteran players during the early days of the season but outside of that i think i think we're going to see an evenness across the nfl uh, very similar to if all 32 teams Played out a full preseason because none of the 32 teams had a preseason.
3: Rich Arnberger, our guest uh, in the herd. I'm Doug Gottlieb, filling in for Colin. It, it appears that Cam Newton shocker has separated himself in New England, but there's a team that lost more more, more starters than anybody to COVID in terms of, of opting out, and they already were depleted in regards to you know why, why did Tom Brady leave? Well, there's other reasons, but one of them was like put some dudes around him, right? What can we expect from Cam Newton considering the limitations of his supporting cast, the lack of time with his team, and the fact that he hadn't played in, you know, he only played the first couple of games of the last season.
4: Well, what we can expect is his personal best effort. Uh, if he's healthy, which from all reports, it appears he is, uh, this is going to be as, as much as we'll, we'll, we could possibly see out of Cam Newton. He comes into the season with a chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, obviously, he spent about a hundred days on the free agency market, and the Patriots have a habit of of refitting uh, even veteran and older veteran players uh, with some star potential uh, back into the conversation of one of the greats in the NFL. And I think Cam Newton could be the next one. I, I don't disagree with you. they're depleted in a lot of places across the offense uh, but but. Cam is a special player when healthy. Cam can create, like very few other players in this league, when healthy. You know, he, he brings a dimension to this offense, which was truly one-dimensional last year. You, uh, I mean, and that you could blame that on Tom Brady's, you know, lack of ability to evade the rush. You could blame it on the offensive line who struggled last year. You could blame that on the, the, the injuries. You could blame it on – the, the lack of ability to surround Brady with talent, but it truly was one-dimensional op- offense. So if Cam's healthy, we can expect a lot more creativity from the Patriots offensively. So I, I don't know what to expect because I'm not, I'm not sold. I'm not 100% certain that he can be the Cam of your. but if he is, get ready for fireworks because I know Josh McDaniels, uh, is gonna be excited to work with a dynamic quarterback. I know that this offense, including Edelman and Sanu and some of these other pieces that have been in place for a while could thrive in a situation where there's a little bit more improvisation as opposed to straight line snap, handoff snap pass.
3: I, I look I, I and everybody wants a mobile quarterback. I just the, my question becomes how mobile is cam at this point in his career? Through that number of injuries and maybe how mobile is he after somebody hits him a couple of times because he's he's taken a savage beating because of how he's played football uh, to this point. Derwin James out for a significant amount of time. I I do understand that many who watch football love football. They know who Derwin James is. They've heard the name. They know how good he is, but it doesn't really have an effect on things to them because Doesn't play a part in fantasy football and, frankly, plays for the Chargers. But to someone like you who truly knows this game, how big a loss is that for the Chargers?
4: Immeasurable. Immeasurable. It's a big reason why the Chargers really fell off a cliff in 2019. Derwin James is such an unbelievably special player. Look, the NFL is really tough. The NFL is a really, really hard place to be successful. And very few rookies find immediate success. Derwin James, out of the box from Florida State, was a difference maker on defense. He helped carry a team through 12 regular season wins. He helped earn the chargers in his rookie season, a playoff victory uh, against Baltimore. I mean, this is, this is one of those players who could truly be transcendent just on the very limited Vista we've had into his potential at the NFL level. But that's a problem because your durability is your most important ability. If you can't stay healthy, it doesn't matter if you're the fastest guy. We'll never know it because if you spend more time on the carpet than the grass, we don't get to see what you could potentially do at this level. So it is a frustration that Derwin James again reports out that it's a meniscus injury and he'll miss significant time this year. It was a refracture of a foot injury he had from his college days last year uh, that his his early career over these past two and some odd change Uh, seasons has been disrupted this way but as soon as this guy's 100 percent healthy he can play every position on the defense excluding you know interior defensive line he can be used as a pass rusher and a blitzer up near the line of scrimmage he can be used as a slot corner he can be used as he can match up against a number one receiver he can play deep safety he can play box linebacker he's a utility knife That the Chargers were using perfectly before this rash of injuries, and they will use him again that way, assuming health.
3: Rich, great stuff, man! Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Look for we're we're a week and a half away from football. Thanks for being our guest.
4: Yeah, you got it, Doug.
3: All right, pleasure is all mine. That's uh, Rich Ornberger here on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends. Get to a man, John Goulet
8: with the news. No,
10: No, no, no. Turn on the news. This is the
1: herdline news.
8: So as you mentioned with Rich, uh, the Jaguars uh, have traded, and this just became official, Yannick Ngakwe to the Vikings for a second-round pick and then a conditional fifth-round pick from 2022, which could work its way up to a third, depending on how good he does. Uh, In order to complete the trade, Ngakwe agreed to a one-year $12 million deal instead of his franchise tender. So basically, he gave up $6 million to leave Jacksonville, which is kind of crazy. We've talked enough about the Jags today though with two news with Fournette being released as well. Let's go to the other side. Does this change anything for you with the Vikings? Over under nine wins this year. Well, they, make they, the lost,
3: they lost their defensive backfield. Yes. So I guess the plan is like, hey, you got Daniel Hunter on one side and you got Ngakwe in the other. Right. You can hide it with a really good pass rush. Um they still have an issue with their running back wanting to get paid who they don't want to pay.
8: And they lost Stefan Diggs.
3: And, well, they lost Stefan Diggs. Add a Justin Jefferson. Add Justin Jefferson, but a rookie for a guy who's a vet is, sure. is, is hard. And they lost Kevin Stefanski, who good. called plays. Now, the plays may have been boring, but it did work. It did work. It did work. It's like uh, boring, but good. It's like a bobo. Anyway, um, so yeah, I don't. There's a little bit of Jacksonville as well to the Vikings, and stick with me on this one, right? Okay. Okay. The downfall of the Jaguars can be correlated directly to when they gave a quarterback who no one believed in a contract extension. Sure. Right. Sure. And to and you can say, well, we believed in. No, you didn't. You had a lead and the football in New England in the, at right before the half. You had like 58 seconds to go, and you took a knee. It was like the Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl right. kind of thing, right? And uh, okay, you didn't win the game, and but that's coming off his best game when he played against Pittsburgh, best game of his life. Yeah. And you didn't give him a shot. Okay. Then you give him a contract extension in the offseason when you clearly didn't believe in him? That was the downfall. I, I bring that to Minnesota because I know that Kirk Cousins played well in their win against New Orleans on the road, their sure. playoff win. Yeah. But everyone has their doubts of the ceiling of Kirk Cousins. And I know they had to move some money around because they're kind of in cap hell. But giving them a contract extension at about the same money feels a little bit like what Jacksonville did. So I'm cautious of the Vikings. I... I I don't think they'll be as good. I just don't. You lose a coach, you lose defensive backfield. The Packers are still very good. Uh, I think the Bears will be a little bit better, and I think the Lions should be better. Lions I mean, have
8: been a lot of people's kind of upset pick.
3: I mean, like, look, you could, you got Matt. St- if you have Matt Stafford the whole season, you're going to be better. And I think they've done a good job of turning over that that roster some. So they could be the same and have a worse record, but I don't think they're the same. I think they're slightly worse.
8: During the Clippers' Game Six win over the Mavs yesterday, Marcus Morris committed another—not another, but another—attack on Luca and a flagrant foul was a flagrant two, so it got him ejected. He hit him in the face as he was driving to the the lane. In the face, Doc Rivers uh, said Morris was going for the ball and said, "quote I think he got ejected because he's Marcus." To be honest, Uh, Doc Rivers just blatantly lying to all of us. Listen, Morris has been doing this, right? He's clearly he's going after Luca because he's young, fragile, and or in theory fragile, and the Mavs' best player. Right? Is this going to continue throughout the playoffs, where Marcus Morris is gonna like? This is an intimidation factor. This you, is my this is my role. Yeah, I yeah, mean Pat probably. Beverly does a little bit of this when he's back. Yes, but I mean I I would say when they're gonna face either the Jazz or the Nuggets, well, who some also of have young stars,
3: right? Uh yeah, I mean, this is why you need you need one crazy person. Yeah, right? Cuz the way it's supposed to work is you foul my star, that's fine. Next time your guy drives in, boom, down he goes. And um so I think that's probably the next step. I mean, part of it is the flaw in the construction of the Dallas Mavericks is they have no tough guys. No. Who's the tough guy? They got all they got all great great dudes. They have no tough guys. Nobody who's willing to knock somebody on their ass, which is what should have happened. You foul Luca, fine. We're going to put you on the deck next time you drive or your star player on the deck next time you drive.
8: And uh, finally, on Saturday, the Blazers' run, bubble run came to an end. They lost to the Lakers in Game 5. Uh, Skinny Mello became one of the storylines of the bubble, showed up in great shape, averaged 15 a game in the series with the Lakers, and sounds like he wants to stay in Portland.
10: Honestly, think that I've found a home in Portland you know I got comfortable with the organization Uh, I got comfortable with the guys on the team they got comfortable with me Uh, and and at this point in in, in my career I I, I do think that that's the best fit for me the best situation especially having this experience now
8: a lot of people seem to like him think that he did a really good job Uh, Doug you are not a huge mellow fan no no, I'm not not a fan but you are not as impressed with how he played as some others
3: I just like there's, there's a lot more to it than just like, did the ball go in the basket or not go in the basket? Yeah. Right. Because
6: he- I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started the Big Take D.C.,
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
10: What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first take, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics
9: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the
3: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's not an efficient player. You know, he had his first uh, three games, really three and a half games, he was terribly inefficient. And if he doesn't give, it, give you great efficiency on offense, he gives you very little on defense. And, you know, a lot of it's about roles. You know, um, in that role, there's a reason Portland was so bad defensively. Right? It's not just Damon Lillard's not good defensively. CJ McCollum's okay. Like, they're just, and then Melo can't really guard anybody. That's why he struggles. Do I think Melo in his prime was the, I thought he was the best scorer in the league sure. for about five years there. Because he could score to three, not as well as he's shooting now. Great mid-range and unbelievable post-up player. He was tremendous. When you're that guy, you can play. You could, they can hide you a little bit defensively. When you're the third or fourth option, can't hide you defensively. You can't. And especially when you're playing against starters. And he got absolutely exposed. So I, I don't fall in love with the stat column for what he shot and how many points he got. In totality, Portland went from a Western Conference Finals team to one that lost in the first round. And having Melo play that many minutes is at least a portion of the reason why. He
8: mentioned fitting in. He does. He fits what the rest of the Blazers do is they're good on offense and not Bad, good on defense. He, yeah. The problem is they kind of need the opposite of that to fill his role, not right. They need. One. Well, they didn't have Trevor
3: Ariza either, remember, sure. because cause he opted out. I mean, really, they a Trevor Ariza, but they needed Trevor Ariza from like five years ago because he's too long in the tooth. Through. But yes, you're right. They need defense, and somebody does need the ball. And that's John Goulet with the news.
1: Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. I am
3: super encouraged by your help at Gottlieb show. Our best for last. I'll tell you why and what our top ten list of uh, movies without a happy ending are. That's next in The Herd.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
11: What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest.
1: And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat.
3: Visit NHTSA.gov
1: slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
3: Doug Alleyman for calling. This is The Herd. Heard from a lot of you on social media that uh, you agree with me on, on this major point. This important, important point. And I I cannot iterate and reiterate. And it's one of the things that that parents have implored upon me in in terms of coaching youth sports, which is, and I get away with it from it sometimes, which is sports is supposed to be fun. And I got to tell you, I love the NBA. I think the guys are amazing. I think, you know. The old narrative of dumb jocks is a dumb narrative. Some of the brightest people I've met are athletes. President company excluded. So this is not an attack on anybody's intelligence or wherewithal. You know, I I, I don't even, I, I've heard people question whether or not you get into a political discussion when you're not a politician. Like, no, politics sh- should be for everybody to discuss. But I I think if you're trying to sell me that basketball games are part of a big political statement, like, it just makes it so it's not fun. I'm sorry. Sports is supposed to be fun. I'm actually not sorry. Sports is supposed to be fun. I respect the fact that you want to stand up for people less, if you feel like you're standing up for people less fortunate than you, I respect that. Um, And these things matter to you, I respect that. But do you remember when basketball was fun? I saw Jamal Murray have 50 last night and save his team from elimination. Couldn't get him a crack a smile. Couldn't get him, couldn't get him crack he was just talk about how tired he is of this fight, like, dude, you're, you're, you're 23. You know? Enjoy the moment. There is lots of time in the day, lots of time in your life to make social change. I'm not saying it shouldn't be important, but you should also have fun with the fact that you just lit up the Utah Jazz and saved the Nuggets from elimination. Let's get to the best for last.
1: It's almost the end of the show, but that doesn't mean we're phoning it in. Nope. We grind to the very last segment. It's time for best for last.
3: Okay. uh, I was, there is no historic meaning to the reason for this poll, except for this. So I have a daughter. Her name is Harper. She's 14. Okay. And in my effort to relate to my daughter for as long as possible, we watch movies together. It's been our thing through quarantine. And we watch movies together. And she watched uh, Shawshank Redemption. Great movie. Right. Uh, She did watch Silence of the Lambs. Scary. Great movie. Right. And plenty of others. So we hadn't watched a movie in a while. And I thought, what about Million Dollar Baby? I mean, how do you be million dollar? You know, Produced, directed by Clint Eastwood Morgan Freeman again the Shawshank Redemption connection in it and then uh, Hillary Swank is the Fighter in Million Dollar Baby I don't want to give away the ending but I remember we're coming up on the ending and she's a she's a she's a movie talker she talks a lot which is good that's why we we vibe is she she asks questions in the movie and sometimes I'll stop it and like kind of explain it she's like wait is she going to walk again like no <laughs> She she broke her C1 and C2. She can't breathe on her own. Is she going to walk again? Well, that's not how a movie's supposed to end. So I thought of the 10 best movies, just personal get, personal 10 best movies without a happy ending. Number 10. Titanic. Guess what? Ship still sinks. Right? You know, people still die, ship still st- sinks. But great movie. Anybody argue like A little bit of a chick flick, but still a great movie. Number nine. No country for old men. There's a lot I would like explained to the end of this movie, right? Like, I I don't, I think I know what happens. Maybe it had a happy ending and we just don't really know. Right? It's very confusing. And I'm like, did that, did they forget to put the ending part on there? Nope. That's how they wanted it. Number eight. The Departed. This is one of those movies, it's not like uh, Legends of the Fall. Remember Legends of the Fall, Brad Pitt and that one? Everybody Dies. That's basically The Departed. Everybody. Just be like, oh, maybe. He had nope. He's going to die too. Nope. He's going to die too. Bad wins. Good doesn't. Everybody Dies. Still a great movie, The Departed.
1: Number seven.
3: Green Mile. You know, I need to go back and watch The Green Mile. I do remember vaguely how it ended and I remember Tom Hanks, and I remember, what's the, what's the, the he actually died, the super gunned up dude. No, no, he, I can see it in the movie, but he actually died in real life, too. Michael Clark Duncan, right? Michael Clark Duncan. He's a bigger than life human being, right?
1: Number six.
3: Braveheart. That is uh, the ultimate in unhappy endings. What they, hmm mm. mm did Mel Gibson's character, mm. William Wallace? Yeah. Just if yet? Oh yeah, that's how it ended. Number five. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Okay, so Friday Night Lights, the movie, which is also a book, and it's a true story. Hey, right? it's not Varsity Blues. You ruined my season, Billy Bob. Right. Uh, It's not no. Like, don't get them confused. I'm not talking about the TV show Friday Night Lights. Has there anything that's gotten like book, TV show, and movie? That's a lot. It's a lot. Number four: Avengers: Infinity War. Very important. Um, arguably the best of the Marvel movies. I would put Deadpool first. Um, I know that I'm personally. what was the one that I... Why am I forgetting? What was the one that I told you guys I thought my, my favorite is... Uh, Gar- I love, I'm love. i a Guardians of the Galaxy. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. I like Deadpool, I like the sense of humor. It. Black Panther was on like every sh- uh, station last night because of the untimely death of, of the star. Um, but I, Infinity War, if you remember... Wait, can I give it away? It's not that old a movie. We're talking about movie endings. Spoiler alert kind of implied. Right. But with the... With one glove gripping itself, half of the universe's population vanishes, including back Panther. Don't worry. The next Avengers, he's okay. He came back.
1: Number three.
3: Seven. Okay, this might be the worst ending of all of them, right? Right? The woman you love, head in a box, Brad Pitt opens it up, like not even... Yeah, that is not the surprise ending that I thought would happen at the end of Seven. But makes for a great movie. Number two. Million Dollar Baby. If you've forgotten, she's in a championship fight. Dirty fighter punches her when she turns her back and substitute stool guy. You know, corner man for Morgan Freeman's character leaves the stool out there instead of... Clint Eastwood, who usually holds the stool himself, she hits her head, breaks her neck, and then Clint Eastwood, only after going to church and asking the priest about it, decides to fulfill her wishes and help her commit suicide. Yeah, that's not the ending you thought was coming. Number one. Empire Strikes Back. Like, it's the, it's like the original old school, hey, I didn't know evil could actually win at the end of a movie. Granted, they wrapped it all in a bow in Return of the Jedi, but maybe the most iconic and, by my estimation, best, not-so-happy Disney-type
8: ending, Empire Strikes Back. So that's our best blast. Honorable mention. Someone tweeted this in too late. American History X. American History X, also
3: very good. Uh, there were some that were, like, uh, twist, twisted endings, right? That we—usual suspects for a second. Guys, Zuse, guys that's, that's a twist— it's not a happy ending, but he does get away, right? He does get away, so it's kind of a happy ending. He's the bad guy, but he gets away. Is a, a a twisted ending? Is is different? All right, the NBA playoffs continue. We continue to get closer and closer and closer to uh, to an NFL season. Uh, but tonight in the NBA, you got Miami, Milwaukee, Game One, uh, followed by Oklahoma City and Houston. Houston looked just dominant last time out in comparison to Oklahoma city, Oklahoma city, a team that can't really shoot, but when they hit shots, they're very athletic defensively, very young. Uh, Houston is a five point favorite. I would like the Rockets to win and the Rockets to cover. Milwaukee is a five and a half point favorite. I like Miami to cover and, and Milwaukee. win. I think those will be two. Uh, I think one will be a close game. I don't, I think Houston puts away Oklahoma city and that season comes to an end. Um, you have the death of John Thompson, also uh, Lute Olson, legendary Arizona coach who passed away. So you're having kind of a generation of college basketball coaches. Die. Eddie Sutton, my head coach, died as well this year. So really, 2020 generally sucks. Anyway, we'll be back
5: tomorrow. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. Thunderstruck. cruises are in u.s dollars per person double occupancy taxes fees and port expenses additional restrictions apply full details on carnival.com ships registry bahamas panama
11: when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible visit your local kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner
6: with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast!
0: Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen.